the other thing I wanted to say is I had no idea how much it was going to help me. When we started all this back in March, I'm like, I'm Mr. 20 years of bipolar experience. I can share my wisdom with everybody. That's what I thought. I knew so much, right? And I did know a lot about my own journey, but I had no idea how little I knew about how many other different kinds of journeys there are and how many other different kinds of struggles there are and how many different kinds of tips and tools people might be using to help manage. And I've learned so much this year. So it's been personally huge, uh, beneficial. And it's, it's a lot of why I was able to report earlier about how nice and unfamiliar it is these days. Yeah. The benefit of peer support, but also it's, it's interesting how that sometimes works out, you know, where, you know, you start something and then it ends up, and I think too, you know, for a lot of things, especially things that are very like mission driven like this, you know, where there's like a purpose and there's an intention and you have like your clear why, like that passion, there's like, there's usually like some sort of personal, you know, connection. And through that, there's even like more personal growth or inside growth yeah. for the person who's creating even, even more. It just, it's bound to happen. And I think in a, you know, setting like clubhouse and then what, what you're doing too, like so many people are coming in with different information. Like it's so, so neat to just kind of be a sponge and kind of like kind of collect it all and be like, oh, you know, I never thought of that or I never thought of it this way or, you know, you're doing things like this, you know, that's um that's something I could try or that's something new. I never thought of that. You know, I think that's exactly. that's really, really neat. Yeah, we have so much to teach each other. And the whole reason the the peer rooms work is because people are be are willing to be vulnerable and share what's truthfully authentically going on with them. Welcome to Open Mind Night, a show that talks about everything mental health and mental illness related. I'm your host, Robin Tamanaha, licensed marriage and family therapist. Joining me on this episode is my guest, Monty Gitter. Uh, he has 37 years of experience in software engineering, 20 years of experience with bipolar type 1, and he's the founder of the Bipolar Support Club on Clubhouse. Hi, Monty. Hi. Hi, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm doing great today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So before I get started, I, I definitely want to spend some time, um, you know, talking about the Bipolar Support Club, which I've been a fan of, I think, since the inception of it. It's really, really cool and a great resource. Um, but before that, I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about your personal journey and what that's kind of looked like for you before um, before the Bipolar Support Club came to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a pretty long journey. Like you said, I've been a little older person. I graduated in 1984, and I was always in software engineering, and most of the time was in management of software engineering. And I'd rise through the ranks of different high-tech, big R&D firms and uh, managing teams of people on projects, and it would be a combination of people management and project management. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but there were bipolar traits coming out back then that I didn't recognize. 
And a lot of it are some of the positive bipolar traits. They led to a lot of upward mobility that I never intended or planned or asked for. And uh, so I got into these positions that might not have been the best fit for me because bipolar people also have a lot of empathy and easy to put ourselves in the shoes of other people. And I had some very difficult situations to manage and some very frustrated engineers. And that took a lot out of me. And at one point around the turn of 2000, 2001, we got acquired twice. And so I had a boss in Israel and a boss in California and a team of people in Canada. That was it for me. That pushed me over the edge. And I had my first episode. And that's when I got diagnosed with type one. And uh, so it was kind of stemming out of work related stress for the most part. And also I had a big tie between my occupational identity and my self-identity. And so I was really wrapped up in work and, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it got there. And then the next 20 years it's been since then has been quite a struggle because there's so much, I had so much denial. It was really difficult to accept not the diagnosis, but the treatment. I was okay being told you're bipolar and your dad was bipolar and I lost my father when I was a young boy to suicide. And and so I didn't deny that, but I just didn't like the idea of the treatment. And I rejected the pharmaceuticals and the medical community. And I thought everyone has different opinions and they just want to put a label on you and check off some boxes. And I just had these really negative opinions to the other people that wanted to help me. And I wanted to stubbornly figure it out myself. And that's another one of my personality traits is really stubborn. And I went through seven manic episodes, all with like 16 to 30 day hospitalizations for being psychotic break and over the line and all that. And uh, each one of them was excruciating. And each one of them, I learned a bunch of stuff. And each time I'd come out of it going, okay, now I know that. And still stubborn until finally, 2017, I had a, my worst one. And that they always followed by a depressive cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And so three years, three years of 18, 19, and 20 of just pretty much in bed. Mm -hmm. And when COVID came, it was an odd event for me because I was already isolated and alone and in bed and depressed. So... Um, but then 2021 came around and uh, everything changed. So maybe I'll leave it there. That's kind of what the journey's been up until this year. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, for sharing your story. If um, if you don't want me asking, some kind of, you know, curious and and I think that's understandable. And, I, and I've heard that before, you know, it's it's hard, I think, you know, with the treatment. And was there something that had changed for you along the way as far as um, help or support or you know, it sounds like for some time um, it was kind of difficult, um, you know, when it came to treatment and all that. Was there something that that happened for it to shift or to shift into acceptance? You mean? Mm, yeah, that or like when it yeah. came to the treatment or therapy or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a good relationship now with my nurse practitioner and my psychiatrist. And uh, that came about as, like I said, there's a depression that follows a big peak like that. And during that three years, I did spend a quite a bit of time with my nurse, with my psychiatric nurse. I wasn't in therapy, but it was kind of like therapy. She was really good and spent quite frequently with me. And slowly, 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 I dragged myself out of the depressive phase. It took a long time. And uh, but through that, I mean, I sort of built more trust. I started taking the medication. For me, the medication never has helped. I've tried it many times on the depressive side. It's never helped me uh, antidepressants in any way. But the 
um, the mood stabilizers and the uh, antipsychotics, if I need them, those are really important for me. And I finally understand that. <laughs> so it turns out I'm not the smartest one about me. It's hard. It's a challenge. And so what I hear you almost saying, too, is um, having, like you mentioned, the nurse practitioner kind of building, we call it like kind of building a little bit of a relationship and like a working relationship or, you know, trust and connection that that probably really assisted with that, too, and like mm-hmm. finding a good fit. It helped a lot. It helped a lot. The way I think of it these days, it's like 25 percent of the equation, getting that relationship in place getting some medication that's preventative and helpful and not huge side effects. And that's a big piece, but there's other pieces too that are super important. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned leading up to 2021, you know, I think, and now we're at least at the time of this recording, we're, you know, December. So we're coming up to, you know, the end of the year. What's it been like for you in 2021? It's been an absolutely amazing year of transformation for me. I can't really explain it. I've arrived at a place now today where I have some comfort about who I am and what I'm doing. I have some optimism about no more major episodes. And uh, I'm doing work that I like doing, and I'm finding new opportunities in places that I never thought of. And it's this really unfamiliar feeling of, you know, maybe this is what normal people feel like. Yeah, and during this year too was the uh, the bipolar support club as well, because that was what like well, when did that start? Well, we started it as kind of a casual thing. What happened was I found, and this bipolar club ends up being fifty percent of that equation I was telling you about. Um, it, it started by me getting onto the platform by a referral from a friend. I had no idea what Clubhouse was, and I got on there and I was just fascinated because I'm a technology guy, I'm a bit of a nerd and whatnot, and I've never seen anything like it. Because in addition to how we're using it. Clubhouse has this tribe finding functionality where you can jump into a room and listen. And if you like it, you can hang out and you can kind of see who's saying what and immediately start networking. It's unbelievable. And if you go into a different room and you don't like what's being said, you just leave. Right. And so I was I was hypomanic for a couple of weeks, spending all day, every day on Clubhouse, meeting people and going into rooms and all that. And uh Inevitably, you you uh, you find other people in the same headspace and stuff, right? And I so I found Stephanie and Larissa, these two amazing women who were talking about similar stuff that I was talking about. I said, "Well, let's start some of our own rooms." And we started running rooms, and we ran two a week every week for like six months, just the three of us, just tried doing that regularly. And people started coming and really benefiting from having discussions about what's going on for them. Right. In a room full of people that kind of understand some of what has happened for them and can share their own tips and experiences and things like that. And uh, so the level of quality of the peer support with the help of these facilitators has been unbelievable. And then, you know, by the summer, it's like, okay, this is a thing. Let's make it a thing. And we turned it. We created the Bipolar Support Club and we put it on all the Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And uh, we added a speaker series as well. Beyond the peer rooms, we started thinking, what what if we brought in experts on different topics, sleep hygiene and neurochemistry and all kinds of topics. We, we had a panel on technology where the head of different companies were coming in and talking about their eMoods app and stuff like that. And just all kinds of various stuff like that. And the members really like it. They get this information and education that 
it's kind of tailored to their interests. And uh, the other thing that's good for me from a selfish point of view is these sort of bigger names, like we bring in psychiatrists who are bipolar themselves and they talk all about, you know, their professional journey intersecting with their bipolar journeys. It's, it's amazing. But for me, it's cool because they bring in some of their followers and we get a little more exposure, right, for our club. And uh, so it's just been fascinating being part of helping turn this thing into a thing. And now it's it really has grown. We, we've we gone from a few hundred members in the summer to I think it's 1,200 on Clubhouse and just past 1,000 on Instagram. And it's kind of going now. And uh, I don't know what it'll be when this airs, but it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> That is so wonderful. And I think, so I've um, been a fan of, <laughs> of the club. Cause I, and two, being that, that also is like my, my niche and my specialty and my practice. I'm like, this is wonderful. And I even remember like sharing it with people because I was so excited about it. You know, such a great resource, whether it's the, you know, the peer support. And I thought that, um, that panelist speaker series was really, really cool, but like in a way where, cause that's kind of how Clubhouse works, where you also get to interact with them and actually ask them like questions. So there's even like more engagement and more connection with people who are in the field are knowledgeable about these topics or created certain things. I'm like, this is so amazing. Like how often do you get the chance to like do a Q and a with someone about a topic you've been thinking about or a struggle that you have or a question? I think that's like, that's really, really powerful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And also the peer rooms are surprisingly valuable, like from a cost benefit point of view, I guess. Because imagine we get guys coming in, women, men and women coming in and sharing their story. And sometimes it's really difficult and troubling and whatnot. And yet these these facilitators that are helping run the room, they're so knowledgeable and they provide such useful feedback. And there's a few of them that complement each other from their own different perspectives. And uh, we have a lady named Karen who's just got this huge, amazing history of her own plus a huge advocate and busy in so many areas. It's so amazing to have her in our rooms. And so the people that come in get the benefit of that. People who might otherwise wait for two weeks to go see their therapist for $150, they drop into our peer room for free and get three people listening and understanding and supporting and giving feedback. And also other people on the stage do. And so the real bread and butter of why we do it is for the peer support. And, and actually hands-on helping people out. And the the uh, speaker stuff is awesome, and it actually is most of the work for me. <laughs> it's gravy. It, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, an added benefit. Yeah. How often are the peer support groups each week? Like, how often do they run? These days, these days we're having three a week and one speaker panel a week. And um, as we grow, we don't want the peer rooms to get too big. Because then they don't have the same opportunity for space for people. So we're going to add more rooms and we'll, we'll just add more rooms and more facilitators. But the speaker panels, those, those scale up easily because those rooms can have lots of people. So, uh, yeah. So we've got a bit of a growth plan in place and we're just going. Good. Yeah. So we're marching ahead and we don't know where it's going, but, um, we're loving what we're doing and we're helping a lot of people and, 
The other thing I wanted to say is I had no idea how much it was going to help me. When we started all this back in March, I'm like, I'm Mr. 20 years of bipolar experience. I can share my wisdom with everybody. That's what I thought. I knew so much, right? And I did know a lot about my own journey, but I had no idea how little I knew about how many other different kinds of journeys there are and how many other different kinds of struggles there are and how many different kinds of tips and tools people might be using to help manage. And I've learned so much this year. So it's been personally huge, uh, beneficial. And it's, it's a lot of why I was able to report earlier about how nice and unfamiliar it is these days. Yeah. The benefit of peer support, but also it's, it's interesting how that sometimes works out, you know, where, you know, you start something and then it ends up, and I think too, you know, for a lot of things, especially things that are very like mission driven like this, you know, where there's like a purpose and there's an intention and you have like your clear why, like that passion, there's like, there's usually like some sort of personal, you know, connection. And through that, there's even like more personal growth or inside growth yeah. for the person who's creating even, even more. It just, it's bound to happen. And I think in a, you know, setting like Clubhouse and then what, what you're doing too, like so many people are coming in with different information. Like it's so, so neat to just kind of be a sponge and kind of like kind of collect it all and be like, oh, you know, I never thought of that or I never thought of it this way or, you know, you're doing things like this, you know, that's um that's something I could try or that's something new. I never thought of that. You know, I think that's exactly. that's really, really neat. Yeah, we have so much to teach each other. And the whole reason that the peer rooms work is because people are be are willing to be vulnerable and share what's truthfully, authentically going on with them in kind of a public space. Right. It's weird for people. We have lots of people that just come and listen in the peer rooms because they like the discussion, but they're not ready to speak it, which is fine, which is fine. They can listen in podcast mode and kind of benefit from that. But the real value is the people who are willing to be vulnerable and share stuff about what's going on and talk about it with the rest of us. And then the discussion is where the value is because all kinds of stuff comes out that you don't even expect. It's really cool. Yeah. And especially during a time where, because I mean, we're still in it, but I mean, you know, past like few years with this pandemic and, you know, like you mentioned before, like, you know, being isolated, people being isolated. So now I think silver lining with some of these platforms is it's a way, you know, to connect. So it must have been so interesting to like have this community being built during a time where some, there were, it kind of went up and down. At least I'm, you know, I'm in the, in the States and the U.S. And when it came to like, feeling connected and then feeling disconnected at times. So it must have been so interesting to have this during a time when like we were just very up and down yeah. when it came to our social interaction too. For sure, for sure. Especially North America. I would say, based on even a recent panel, that uh, you know, it's different in different places in the world. We have lots of people coming to us from India. And it's weird times of the day for them, but they feel like they have no other outlet, not even in their own families and stuff. Right. And so it didn't take COVID for them to feel alone and isolated with their mental health. Right. Yeah. And so being able to be a resource for some folks like that, it's been super cool. And they come, everyone's coming from like everywhere, mm-hmm. Australia and Greece and Morocco and lots from the UK. And it's really, it's really awesome. That's really neat. And two, like, you know, for different diagnoses, you know, or just having and living with mental illness in general, you know, I always, which is why, you know, I do these, you know, podcasts or I do blogs or I do all these things, you know, to really help people have a voice and talking about things and also to clarify things, you know, because I think things aren't always like 
talked about, like you mentioned the cultural component or just shame in general or, you know, embarrassment with different things, you know, so there's so much power, you know, in showing up. And I feel like Clubhouse is audio, but still it's like a way to be seen, you know, and felt understood and felt valued and validated in what you're going through with your your particular struggle, which is sometimes hard, especially when it comes to like even bipolar disorder, you know, I'm like kind of more on the provider end, but like, you know, I, I sometimes get frustrated at, um, you know, some of the misunderstandings or just the lack of information, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also something that frustrates me with advocacy in general, there's lots of well-intended people out there trying to speak their voice and trying to, trying to add to the discussion and whatnot. But the frustration I have is that 95% of the memes and the quotes and the suggestions and the tips are all dark and negative and all about how bad it is and what a struggle it is and all that. And it's true. A lot of that's true and it's based in real hard facts. But what's missing is there's all kinds of beneficial traits that many bipolar people share. I'm not going to stereotype and say we're all the same, but There's lots of traits that I think are common across bipolar people that never get the attention of what they deserve, you know, creativity and synthesis and empathy and being able to connect dots and see a bigger picture. Right. One of the reasons I was successful in software was because I could talk to the business guys about business in their language and I could talk to the technical guys about technology in their language, and I could bridge the gap. And I think partly because of a bipolar trait of being able to kind of understand people and then communicate about it. And so I just wish there was, we could change the ratio from 20 to 2080 from 595. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many positives and also overall being successful. You know, I think sometimes those memes are hard, the dark ones, or they're only focusing on particular, you know, themes or or something when, and it can feel very defeating. And even as a reader, when I read it, I'm like, that doesn't sound very empowering at all, you know, and how would someone feel about themselves if that's predominantly what they were saying, you know, mm-hmm. when they have so many other things that are a part of them that they can offer and that are great qualities, you know, like you said, are, are actually kind of helpful in some ways too. So since the, uh, the inception of the bipolar support club, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, we went over like the value of peer support and connection and all that. But I'm kind of curious. Um, it's been some time and I know you've, there have been so many different, you know, meetings and like panelists and, you know, probably listeners or followers, you know, on social media. Mm-hmm. Have you like, received any um feedback or comments or messages or just insights that were kind of more like surprising but like surprising in a good way like oh I never really expected this I never expected this to happen or I never expected someone to reach out and and say this particular thing yeah a little bit a little bit how I would answer that my most favorite thing that's just started to happen recently is, uh, you know, I mentioned about the speaker panel series and it started in September. Mm-hmm. And so it's only been going like less than four months. And at first it was a panic and a struggle to find people and topics and get them lined up and get them organized and get them onto the app. No one had ever heard of Clubhouse and, and all this kind of, and then have ones lined up for week after week in a, in a pipeline. I mean, 
it was super difficult. But the change that's happened is that we're getting more visibility. People are noticing us and they're seeing what we're doing. And, th- and they're coming to us going, how do I become a facilitator with you? How do I speak on one of your panels and stuff like that? So that's surprising. That's that's surprising input and very welcome because uh, it makes it a lot easier for me. Yeah. And I think that's also like, that's definitely a reflection of the growth and like the the reach. I think now you mentioned like even listeners all over the world. So that must feel really cool too, though. Like yeah. it does make things easier when it comes to scheduling and planning for sure. Yeah. But also that like others are reaching out to you and, you know, always yeah. having to be like, oh my gosh, like who's next, who's next, you know, cause you're getting noticed. Like that's really yeah. neat. It's feedback that we're on the right track. That's what it is for me. It, it's just, it's just like an affirmation and reassurance that, People like what we're doing, so that's why we're taking steps to keep doing it, and we're going to keep growing as more rooms are needed, and I don't know where else it might lead, but uh, yeah, for now, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I think it's so, so great. Is there anything I didn't bring up that you wanted to mention? Or speak well, I think on? we covered quite a bit of ground on the club. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just go back and that 25, 50, 25 thing, because yeah. I'm feeling pretty, like I said, confident, comfortable about self-care and outlook and 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 things like that. And uh, the way I kind of think about it these days is I've got 25 percent of my support system is the doctor, the medical, the, the, the drugs. I even have a plan with and antipsychotics on hand if I start to get hypo that I can just start to take and we've you know we've got it worked out about dosages and and so that you know that's really good so that's 25 percent 50 percent literally for me is the peer support and then the other 25 is things I've picked up along the way for self-care things I just do myself trying to eat a bit better trying to lose some of this weight I gained when I was depressed right mm-hmm. um sleep like get get a handle on my sleep and uh, track. We don't, we all have learned how to be a little bit more mindful about where we're at mood wise in general with bipolar people so that we can make little adjustments to help prevent moods from going that way and getting back more neutral and stuff like that. So 25% self-care, 25% medical, 50% peer support for me, for me. And I've made some of my best friends in the world uh, doing all this kind of work. It's unbelievable. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that, like your, your breakdown and how that's, that's constructed. Cause that's, that's important to think about, you know, like kind of where, where it comes from, what that wellness plan looks like and maybe different for everyone. But the important thing is that there is some sort of, you know, yeah. something that you're kind of figuring out. I'm like, Oh, this much of this, this much of that. And I heard you say like tracking. Yeah. So you mean like mood tracking, like the mood tracking stuff or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super important. Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. And I'm not like fixed on those. It's just a way of thinking about it, right? And uh, yeah. it's likely to shift down the road. And who knows what might happen with uh, medications and other alternative treatments. And that's another topic we've got coming up, alternative treatments. So there's lots to learn. Oh. Well, before we end, though, if the listeners or, or, or viewers want to find out more about, I know there's the clubhouse, right, in the clubhouse, but social media handles or links or anything that maybe they could go to if they want to find out more about it. You can see our link tree, which has a bunch of links to a bunch of stuff we do, including joining clubhouse and 
what's our next event and how to talk to, you know, if you want to book a call with us and all that kind of stuff is you can get there from Instagram, but we also have, uh, you can get to the same place from our Facebook or Twitter page. And it's, if you just sort search for bipolar support club, you should find us, uh, on any of those platforms. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Is there anything else? Like, um, I don't know if there, if you have one, but, I know other people have had like Patreon or like oh, yeah. coffee or something. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning that. I just created a Patreon page and uh, I've integrated it with Discord. And so the idea is at the lowest level, you can be a supporter that says, we like what you're doing and we want to support you. But at some of the higher levels, you get access to where we hang out in Discord and you can chat with us and you can suggest future topics and that kind of stuff. And then there's another level where you're subscribing at a higher rate and it includes one of these private calls per month. I mean, we've been doing them kind of pro bono on the side uh, and we'll continue in some cases to do that. But it's a way like even if you want to sponsor someone, if you have a family member, you can pick this tier and that family member will get like a private call a month and be in our space to chat with us and that kind of stuff. So it's a pretty cool offering on Patreon. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. That's super creative too. How, how that, cause everyone does a Patreon different. So I think that's yeah. really cool. And also yeah. being able to like support someone else too in their journey. That's amazing. Yeah. So hopefully some people will be interested in that down the road. Mm-hmm. I think we have something like three patrons right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you start these things somewhere and hopefully they uh, grow. I'm always a little bit cautious about promoting mm-hmm. something like a Patreon page because I don't want to do it in the rooms because I don't want members to feel like I'm asking them for a membership fee. I'm not. It's more like a, a tip jar or something like that. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Also the speaker panels, we record them and I'm going to make the whole archive of them available to patrons, whereas the ones that hang around on Clubhouse, I'm going to start, you know, maybe having five or six weeks of them up at a time and then rolling them off okay. into the archive. For okay. The yeah. So something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. So there's definitely a lot of, a lot of perks as far as the Patreon, yeah. not just for, you know, bipolar support club, but also for those that are, you know, providing the, the little, you know, the little tips. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Care, the caregivers, right. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully. Yeah. So what I'll do um is I'll put everything that you said, all the social media handles, um, and then the Patreon link, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um I'll put that in the show notes and then I'll also put it on the YouTube channel description. So people can just click click on it and easily um explore, especially the link tree, because that seems to be like where a lot of things are hubbed. Yeah, if you just put that one link, it it basically okay. has everything else, yeah. Cool. Okay. So I'll put that in so that the listeners and viewers can check it out more, maybe provide some tips or just, uh, join Clubhouse and listen in or. Yeah. And we welcome you know others. So many things. <laughs> we welcome suggestions. DM us with ideas for, for stuff because we really like people's involvement. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, Monty, for being here and doing this. I was so excited when you said you would, <laughs> you joined because I've been, you know, as you know, kind of, in on in on the club and uh, a fan of it and really like like I said so amazing so I'm so glad that you decided to be a guest and it was a pleasure having you on thanks so much for having me it was fun and uh and uh, really great to be here really appreciate it yeah all right take care okay bye for now 
Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was informative or helpful. If you think this episode may be helpful to others that you know, be sure to share this episode with them. The resources mentioned and the contact information for today's guests are listed in the show notes. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a rating. If you would like to stay up to date, please subscribe to this podcast and follow the podcast Instagram, Open Mind Night Pod. Also, this podcast is not psychotherapy or counseling. If you need to speak with a professional, you should find one local to you and contact them directly. If this is an emergency, please call your local emergency number or go to your nearest emergency department.